Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Where each week hey guys, we it's me, it's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. And Please host, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. Hey, what's the up, best everyone? Thing you can do My to support the show. Stoddard. If you want to find Welcome out more, go to timstodds.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. The podcast has been the last two weeks. My wife and I. Before we have our baby, we decided to go for a little two-week road trip in uh, some far corners of the country. We got some log cabin in the coast of Oregon for a week, and then we went and stayed in the middle of the desert in Sedona. Uh, It was very important to myself that I actually disconnected and took some time off. So I stayed writing in my blog every morning just because that's a, a good habit for me, but I did not interview anyone. I did not have the podcast and uh, it was a really, really great trip. But needless to say, it felt good to get those emails and those tweets from people asking where I've been. And uh, I'm back. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you guys investing your time into my work and my podcast. And uh, it really meant a lot to me. So thank you. All right. My guest today is my friend, Bill Widmer. Bill is a writer. He's an entrepreneur. And he is a fellow SEO. Uh, we had a great conversation. We talked about different affiliate markets that I'm interested in. We talked about some of the successes that he's had in his own side hustles and his own businesses uh, by just creating great content and finding great market opportunities. It was a really great conversation. I enjoyed talking to him. I know you're going to get a lot of insight from Bill. Uh, Enjoy the podcast. Please help me welcome Bill Widmer. All right, Bill. What's up, man? Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's been quite a journey for you and I to actually get an hour to sit down and, and have this conversation. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful that we figured it out, bro. Yeah, Tim. It's good to be here, man. Absolutely. No worries. It happens. <laughs> for sure. Um, man, well, where, where do we start? You have like quite an SEO portfolio. Um, I always appreciate talking to other people who are passionate about SEO for two reasons. One, because I just think it's a lot of fun and I like nerding out about it, but also because in a digital marketing world right now, basically where people are almost like required to have somewhat of a personal brand and to be able to build an audience, um, if they want to be an entrepreneur in a lot of ways, uh, I still think that so much attention gets sent to social media, right? And so little attention gets sent to SEO, even though in my view, like search is the most powerful because if people are coming to your website through search, they got there through like some kind of search query, which means you already know what it is that they're looking for, right? So if you can like answer their question in the same time that you drive the traffic, your conversion rates are going to be so high because like the only reason that they're on your website is because they need what it is that you're offering. Um, so, so opening that up as, as a point of conversation, like just talk to me about why you like SEO, why you're a fan of it and, and why you like doing the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, a quick background on how I got to where I am now. Uh, I've started several businesses in the past. Most of them have failed. Um, you know, e-commerce, drop shipping, Shopify stores, Etsy stores. Uh, at one point I did a, a product printing. So it had like, you know, like the pens with the business name and number and logo and all that on yeah, it. Cool. And uh, 
my, I, had I had two customers, my, my professor from college who uh, encouraged me to start the business and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of the stuff that I did failed, quote unquote, I say that in quotes because, uh, you know, you have to fail in order to succeed. You never know what it is that you're going to be good at, what it is that you're going to enjoy unless you do some things and mess up first. But uh, anyway, fast forwarding. So the first business that I had that actually did well was freelance writing um, because it didn't cost me anything and I could just bang out an article and get paid for it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I, I had always loved writing. It was a big passion of mine, still is to this day. Uh, and eventually, once I started charging more and more for my writing, I realized there's kind of only so high you can go when it's just writing as for a per word count. So that's when I kind of figured, how can I make more money off of this? So I started looking into social media and I started looking into SEO and the whole SEO thing really caught my attention uh, because I love this idea that you could write something, get it ranking, and then not have to do any more work in order to keep it there. Like, yeah, you have to keep the article updated. Maybe you have some competition come in, but for the most part, it's kind of uh, set it and forget it. Uh, so as I learned more about SEO, I started charging clients for SEO work. And I learned about how to do technical SEO and auditing and uh, SEO copywriting and all these different things. And that's kind of what led me to where I am today, where we're not working with clients really anymore. We have, uh, you know, maybe the one-off odd client here and there, just because I really like what they're doing, but we're doing it solely for our own businesses. And that's kind of led to, you know, this, this year alone, we've had uh, double digit growth compared to what we were doing last year. And it's all because of our SEO efforts. So the more I learn about it, the more I do it, the more I fall in love with it. Yeah. Wow. So I guess a little bit of context for everybody listening. I actually reached out to you a couple months ago. I think I found one of your articles on Sumo uh, mm -hmm. and I was just really impressed and I inquired about a couple of things, but I honestly didn't know at this point that the work that you were doing was for your own entrepreneurial adventure, uh, your own entrepreneurial ventures. So tell me about your companies. What are you working on? Yeah. So, uh, I have a couple of them that I'm working on right now. The main one, it's called the wandering RV. And, uh, me and my wife used to live in an RV. We used to travel around the country, what? which, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we pretty much went up and down the whole East coast of the U S and just traveled around exploring because we didn't know where we wanted to live. And that was kind of the easiest way to see different places and kind of still feel at home. But uh, anyway, the, the wandering RV is kind of our core business. That's where we get like 90% of our revenue from. Um, of course it's diversified within the business. It's not all from one thing like Amazon affiliates or something like that, but uh, that's where our core business is. And then I also have my own site, billwidmer.com where I talk about SEO, content marketing, affiliate marketing, um, and it's a strong site, but it just doesn't have the level of content needed in order to drive any kind of revenue right now. It's kind of just, I throw some articles on there, let them sit on the back burner, let them kind of bubble up in the rankings. And then eventually I'm going to take all of that and bring it up higher. And I want to do a course on like affiliate marketing and SEO and content writing and stuff like that. So that's going to be a separate business. And then the third thing we're doing, I actually just started this. It's a site called play and ground. So it's playandground.gg. And it's a site all about board games and coffee reviews. So this is something I just started up maybe two months ago with a buddy of mine just for fun, just to screw around because uh, I love board games and I love coffee. So 
that's kind of where we're at right now. I can't believe that you brought up board games. I just read, um, I have a habit that I've always done my whole life, but I just started doing it online through this note-taking app where when I read articles, I kind of just take notes on them so I can remember them. I got, well, I don't have it with me here, but I got piles and piles of notebooks of, of notes that I've taken. Um, and yesterday, the article that I read that I took notes on was all about the evolution of board games over the next 10 years. And especially, uh, he broke it down into uh, live streaming. Um, well, I'm not going to recite the whole thing right now because that's not, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Uh, but the point is that board games and the digitization of board games is actually like a really, really booming business, especially over the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got people streaming them now. You've got all kinds of YouTubers doing it. Like it's, it's becoming really popular. Yeah. Well, and it's a ton of fun. Like anybody <clears throat> that says that they don't love board games, is just not telling the truth because it's a blast except for like playing Monopoly or Catan with like your wife or your best friends, because it just never, it just never ends well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either they they're lying or they just haven't played the right board game yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk about uh, the wandering RV because this fits right into what has been and is like an underlying tone of my podcast. And that is that there's so many different things to be interested in. And no matter what it is that you're interested in, there's always other people that are also kind of interested in it. Uh, my, a, a friend of mine, I'm helping him start a website. It's called overlandingnow.com. And apparently there's like a whole entire community of people that do nothing but pack their Jeeps and just drive like across the desert. And that's all they do. And they call it overlanding. I've never heard about this, but apparently this is like a new kind of booming little subculture niche business as well. So what I'm getting at is I want to hear about how you decided on this one particular industry, how it was something that you like developed a passion for, and then like more importantly, how this passion this thing that this opportunity, let's call it actually became something that could be an actual, like a revenue driver for you something that puts money in your pocket. Yeah. So, um, real quick comment about the overlanding thing. It's funny you mentioned that cause we're actually going to be doing that next week. Cool. Yeah. For the first time. So I'm excited about it. Um, we might actually start doing some content on, on that on the Wandering RV too. So you might have a little competition there for you. You should. <laughs> I mean, there's big business in there. And, and the thing yeah. about it is those overlanding people, they spend ridiculous money on stuff that you've never even heard of. Like the most oh, expensive yeah. outdoor grills you can imagine. These tents that go on top of your Jeep that are like $4,000, you know, and they will buy it and they will keep buying it. So it's, it's like a, a cool spot that I'm looking at. Oh, absolutely. And then once you get hooked on it, then you just keep buying more and more and more. And it's like, oh, these cool little accessories. But uh, uh, anyway, to go back to your question. So uh, the Wandering RV actually started as just a way for me and Kayla, my wife, to uh, share our journey, our experience. It was kind of her idea. It was just something we were doing around, doing for fun. And we just kind of were doing it to throw up, you know, pictures of the things we were seeing and doing as we were traveling around in the RV. Uh, mostly just for friends and family. It wasn't even meant to be a business. It was just kind of, like I said, just a little fun project. Uh, but at the same time, I was actually learning about SEO right as soon as we started the site. 
So I said, you know what? Screw it. We have this site. Why don't I play around with it and learn SEO by doing it? And uh, I spent like an entire week, like eight hours a day for a whole seven days straight working on this one article. And it was all um, RV storage ideas, like space saving ideas. So I was just getting every single freaking, it was definitely a skyscraper post. It was when I'd first heard of that. And I was like, let me try this out. And I got over a hundred different space saving ideas for your RV. Everything from, you know, making a little Velcro thing for you to Velcro your remote onto the side of your couch or something. And like, like anything you could do to save some space. And uh, I put so many hours into this article. I threw it out there. I built a couple of links to it and then I just let it sit and I kind of forgot about it. And then like a month or two later, I logged into our Amazon affiliate account and it was like, oh, you made a hundred bucks. And I was like, whoa, how did, how did we make a hundred bucks? Like I haven't done anything. And then I looked and it turns out we were on the first page for RV space saving ideas. And I was like, that's when I was like, holy shit, there's something to this. Like there, there's more to learn here. I need to figure this out. Um, so it was at that point that I kind of dove headfirst into learning everything I could about SEO. Um, I took a ton of different courses. I took a, a Backlinko, Brian Dean. He has the SEO that works course. I took that one. Um, there were a couple of others. I'm, I'm still to this day taking SEO courses and learning things that I didn't know even six years after starting all of this. Um, so that's kind of how it started and how it ended up growing is just, I realized that there was potential there and just dove headfirst into it. I love how you started as just an idea that was a hobby, basically. It was fun. I'm not one of those people, I've talked about this before, that thinks that you have to be passionate about things that you do. Like, I don't know. Just because you're a passionate singer doesn't mean that you should try to sing. It's just the reality of the world, right? Like in a lot of, in a lot of ways, I like what Mike Rowe said about this, where in a lot of ways, don't follow your passion, look for opportunities and then find ways to enjoy it. Um, with that being said, I also am appreciative of when people find ways to make money off of the things that they love to do. And hearing that story is important because how many people out there have like some kind of blog or I don't know, some kind of Pinterest board or something that they never even told anybody about, about, uh, I mean, who knows about like drawing with colored pencils or, I mean, what are some of those other strange ones? Like there's all, there's new business niches now with people that like to organize stuff, right? Like whatever it is that you want to do, there's search traffic for it. And that's why I think search is so fascinating because you actually get to build like a personality of the internet by figuring out that what people are searching for. So I want to highlight that because it really is available to anybody. If there's something that you're into, it might not be like a $10 million business, but if there's something that you're into, like you really can build a blog around it, build an affiliate business, create your own products. Like the possibilities are endless. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of piggyback off of that, Tim, uh, I think that there is probably not a niche that exists that you can't at least make a couple thousand dollars a month off of mm. if you are creative about it. So whether that's, you know, some niches, it's affiliate marketing. Like if you find a really good payout offer, some niches don't have anything for affiliate marketing, but you can make an online course or you can teach people directly and sell your services as a product. 
Um, so there's a lot of different ways, as long as you're creative about it and you think logically, like I kind of like to break it down. So start with what you're interested in and then think where are people spending money within this interest? So let's say it's drawing. Okay. Well, are there drawing courses out there? Do people pay money to learn how to draw? If yes, then there you go. There's an opportunity for you. You can build an email list. You can do SEO. You can add social media into that. Like SEO doesn't have to be a standalone thing. You can use it in conjunction with these other avenues. Um, but just kind of think end goal. Okay. Where are people spending money on this? And then reverse engineer that and say, okay, well, how can I create whatever that is? So what's, do you have any examples or any, any industries where aside from the wandering RV that you've seen somebody actually do this, find something and reverse engineer it backwards? Yeah. Um, so one example of this is, uh, oh, I had it. <laughs> it just, it was on the tip of my tongue and I just lost it. I had a perfect example. Um, I, I do. I mean, there, there's countless examples out there, like the drawing thing, or, um, if you're into drones, you know, there's drone racing and you can do like live footage of drone races. You can stream it. You can have advertising partners with that. Like it, all, all I'm saying is, is as long as you can get eyeballs of people who care about what you're doing, you can find a way to monetize those eyeballs and not do it in a way that's kind of like shady or like you're taking their money, but like doing something that offers value to them. For sure. So let's frame it from a different perspective. Let's say that I am into home gardening. Let's say that I live in the city and I want to figure out a way to plant gardens in like my row home or something. And I know that I'm interested in it. I feel like there's probably other people that are interested in it. Like how would you guide me down that path to, to build at least some kind of a side hustle, um, something that makes money? Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that cause I've actually seen that before where they, they, people have a business doing that stuff. So there's a lot of different ways in that particular one, you can grow it yourself. You could sell the stuff that you're growing. You could figure out a way to do it with the most efficient, space like if you have a really tiny apartment so find a way to grow things really tiny that still make a lot of money like microgreens or something like that mm. and then teach people how to do that you could create your own products you could create shelving and you know <laughs> baskets to hold the things so there's products involved you could create a course that teaches people okay here's what you need i'm sure there's affiliate offers that have to do with like seeds or gardening tools or whatever um you could combine them you could say okay here's my course on how to do this by the way, we sell these products. So in your course, you could give it a, at a discount and then make extra money when they buy your products. So you can kind of mix and match these things. Um, and you can apply that logic to almost anything. anything. Yeah, for sure. And that's what's so cool about it. Uh, man, okay. So we could kind of go down this rabbit hole with, with a bunch of different topics, I'm sure. I don't want to get too far into that because I do want to continue learning about you. Uh, on your website, you've been published on a lot of really high profile SEO blogs. I am obviously a writer. I'm a fan of writing. And I've always, it's something that I've never done. I've never actually gone out and tried to like grow my name on other publications or, or get out there. How did you even do that? Like a lot of these blogs are difficult to be published on and, and you're 
you're everywhere, man. How, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. It was actually really easy, believe it or not. Uh, so it kind of started with doing something really, really good and high quality on my own site. Nice. So billwimmer.com, I just wrote a banger, like something that was really good. Like some of the articles that you'll see on there have taken me weeks to write those and format them and make sure everything's really solid with them. Um, so have some kind of writing sample, first of all. Second of all, the most important thing that you can do when it comes to getting guest posts on really, really strong sites is building relationships. Um, it's amazing how many people in the marketing community are all connected to one another. Wow. Like there's, there's Slack groups out there that have almost any big name you could possibly imagine. They're in these groups and all is it, all it takes is you to become friends with one of those people. They invite you to that group. And now all of a sudden you have a network of over a hundred of the world's leading marketers. Like it's, it's just start with doing something really high quality as an example, and then do everything you can to build a relationship, pick one person uh, or, or maybe two at, that have a blog that you want to get sponsored on and then just do things for them. You know, don't try to manipulate them, but actually go out of your way and help them like comment on their stuff, share it, um, you know, offer to, I don't know, promote some of their stuff on Q promote and tag them in it or something like that. So Q promote, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically this tool that will uh, it, it's a whole bunch of people sign up on one end where they want content every day fed into their social media account. So it's kind of a way of buffering content so that way they don't have to be posting every day. Mm -hmm. But on the other end, you can pay Q to be part of that feed. So once you send an article out on Q, it gets shared by all of these people who are part of their network. So it gets tons of shares. And if you tag somebody in there and it's a really high quality thing that they might actually care about, or even share one of their articles for them in this thing, and then kind of tag yourself in it somehow. Um, just make sure they know, okay, they connect your name with whatever's happening and then let that go out. And then they'll see that because they'll get all these notifications on Facebook and Twitter. Like, oh, this person is sharing this thing that involved me. And then uh, one other thing you can do as well that works really well is expert roundups. So uh, I did this expert roundup and it was all about marketing channels and which marketing channels are driving the most traffic for some of the world's best marketers. And I reached out to people like uh, Sujan Patel and um, Neil Patel and uh, Jamie Masters and all, all these other big name people, even uh, Brian Dean, I think. Brian Dean didn't contribute to it, what I did with him actually. I asked him, he said he didn't have time. So I said, I wrote up something for him because I knew already what his biggest thing is, it's Google. And I said, can I publish this with your name on it? He's like, yeah, go ahead. So it was kind of that easy. And that's kind of where that relationship started as well. And now I have links to billwimmer.com from Backlinko because of this relationship that I built with him directly. And of course, buying his courses and asking him questions all the time. That's another thing too. Uh, if you follow any big name marketers and they have courses and stuff like that out there, buy their courses, buy their material, learn from it, implement it, share your results with them. And they're going to see you and be like, wow, this person actually, you know, first of all, they gave me money. Second of all, it's not like they just bought the course and did nothing with it. They actually used it, followed through, got these results. And now they're giving me a case study I can use to get more customers. Stuff like that is so powerful, but almost no one does it because they are just either shy or just too lazy to follow through because it's a lot of work. Um, but it's the thing that really sets you apart from 
the massive crowd of people trying to get into these people's inboxes. Yeah. I want to stick on this because man, relationships have almost, it's, it's difficult to quantify the value of a relationship. Right. And then when you start getting into this conversation, there's a lot of, uh, sometimes the conversation can veer in the wrong direction where, like you said, the point of relationship isn't just to get something out of it. And that's true. Um, You know, I never go into building a relationship with the idea of like, what can I get out of this person? But the, the thing that I want to touch on here is I find a, a, I find people spend a lot of energy on like technical stuff with marketing, right? Like how can I measure all of this data? How can I, formulate like some amazing ad campaign? How can I hack my way through a system? And we forget, myself included sometimes, that the internet ultimately is just a bigger way for people to interact with people. Like on its foundational level, that's all it is. It's still, and there's emotion attached to that, right? Like they're still high. I'm Tim, tell me about yourself. And I've, I've had so much success with that mentality of let me get to know you. Let me share something with you that I found that I thought you might like, right? Like, let me tell a story about you, spend time highlighting the work that you're doing and tell other people about it. And again, it's not like a a manipulative thing. You do it with the idea that the universe is plentiful. And if you put enough stuff out there, like eventually it all kind of comes rolling back around. So you know, I know that that gets like a little philosophical and that's not really where I'm trying to go. What I'm trying to say is I don't think enough people put emphasis into this idea of meeting people online, interacting with people online, and more importantly, like making it about them and not me, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of my best friends in the world I've met online. Some of them I talk to all the time and I haven't even met in person. I never even met them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's incredible what you can do. Like I, I, there's so many people who say like, this is a crazy world we live in. Like there's terrible things going on. You know, we've got, I don't even need to talk about it. Everybody knows what's going on, but uh, we live in amazing times. Like when else in the history of the world, could you just sit at a desk in the back room of your house with no one around and become best friends with someone halfway across the world? Like that's just mind boggling. It's incredible. And too many people just, like you said, just, just kind of get focused on the technical stuff. Oh, how many emails can I send out today? Like how many uh, inboxes can I get into? How many guest posts can I get? And I have, I've done that, obviously. I've mm-hmm. tried it. I hate it. I can't stand doing it. It's the worst work that I've possibly done in all of my history of SEO. It's the, the thing I least enjoy. Um, and it's also not very effective. No one cares. No one wants to link to your crappy blog just because you emailed them an email that they already got a million other emails about with adding no value. Like, oh, here, link to me. Like, no, (laughs) I have no reason to do that. I don't know who you are. You're just another number in my inbox. Um, But when you build relationships, the way I look at it, so going back to what you said before about what we we put out comes back to you. So there's this quote that I kind of try and live by and it's those who make the world a better place are given a better place in the world. And it may be philosophical, but it's gotten me to where I am today, which is light years ahead of where I was six, seven, eight years ago. You know, uh, I haven't mentioned this at all, but just a few years ago, uh, we were maxed out credit cards. We had 150 to $200,000 in debt. 
we weren't making that much money. You know, we were living paycheck to paycheck and now we've managed to pay off virtually all of our debt. The only thing I have left is a school loan. And I'm just not paying that back because the interest is so small that it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but but uh, that's a whole other topic. But um, it, just this idea that if I go out and make the world a better place, I'll get a better place in it has kind of is kind of what's driven almost everything that I do when it comes to writing content, when it comes to making contacts, uh, you know, when it comes to hiring, even I try and spend money in a way that does something of value. Um, but going back to the whole making relationships thing, that has been the single most effective strategy. I call it a strategy, but it's really just, I go out, I find someone and I think, what can I make with this person? What can I do for this person? Not what can this person do for me? And that mindset has gotten me guest posts on, you know, big commerce, uh, Shopify, Oberlo, uh, you know, I've gotten links from Neil Patel. I've gotten links from Backlinko. I've gotten articles on single grain, like all of these different big name blogs. And, you know, there's dozens of other ones have all either linked to me or given me a guest post of some kind because I either knew them directly and have helped them in some way, or they're really good friends with someone who I knew directly or have helped in some way. It's good to hear. It's refreshing to hear somebody try to shine a light of positivity. And, you know, a lot of my friends are online and they're on Twitter and, and we all kind of feel the same way. It feels really positive around these ecosystems. And uh, so I write the newsletter um, for copy blogger every week. And when I do, the, I, there's a lot of replies because there's a lot of people on that email list and, and reading the replies and answering them is something that I take very seriously. But over the last couple of months, there's been a lot of like fear in these replies <clears throat> and for good reason, you know, I'm not like by any means trying to paint an illusion here that people have a right to be fearful um, or a reason to be fearful, I guess is a better way to put it. And what I keep saying to them and in every newsletter that I send it, the conversation is becoming more and more like there really is opportunity here. There's a way for us to completely shift the way that we live our lives where Maybe we consume less and maybe we build more and maybe we, it's like how Seth Godin always says, like make the world better by making better things. And I think that maybe this is like a, a giant shift, a giant transition for the people that are interested in, in creating things online, which you need to be these days if you really want to be like where it's at. Right. But for people that are interested in creating things online, there's such a, broad horizon of like possibilities of ways that you can build businesses of ways that you can add value of ways that you can be employed work from home work for wherever travel in an rv right like it's like unlimited possibility and through all of the shit that's going on in the world right now like i remain very excited and very optimistic about where we can go yeah i i agree i mean and there is a lot of fear and i mean i've fallen prey to it myself of course like it's a scary time and mm. there's no two ways about that. And things are changing and they're going to change and they're not going to be the same. Um, and a lot of people might get hurt in that because they're used to being set in that way and they don't want to change. And if that's the case, you might get burned. And I hate to say that, like it genuinely pains me to say that because there's so many people out there who are going to be going through some really bad stuff in the near future, I think. But, uh, 
if you're willing to change, if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to grow, then this can be a transformation for you. You can come out on the other side of this far better than you ever were before it. And I truly believe that. I do too. And I think more importantly, there's an opportunity to almost get with the times. And I don't know how else to say that without it sounding rude. Like I'm not, it's like you said, people that are, are used to living this kind of way. Um, I don't wish anything bad about you. What I'm saying is like, this is where we're going as a world and a society. It's just automation is going to rule the world. Like software is eating the world. That VC company that says that I, I forget exactly what the name of them are. And so all that's left is creative work, right? All that's left is finding ways to intellectually stimulate people, to teach people skills that they might not have known. And why not? Like, to me, that sounds like an awesome way to live. There's obviously fear about all these things. We don't need to get into it. But when the dust settles, I think the room for creative work, like SEO, for building affiliate blogs, for building courses or products that appeal to a, a real specific tribe of people. Like that sounds like a really fun world to live in. And I, I really advocate to people to try their best to like embrace it. Yeah. And I want to add on to that. Um, even though a lot of it is going to be creative work, I know a lot of people don't feel like they're a creative type or the creative personality. And uh, I think that's okay. I, I do think that there is still room for the technical, the people who are more, um, you know, I forget which side of the brain, I think it's left brain is the technical one, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Uh, people who are more kind of left brain, that, that whole thing, which I don't even know if that's totally 100% true, but <laughs> I'm either. just using... I'm trying to pretend like I know. <laughs> <laughs> whether the science is real, whether I'm getting the side right, my point is some people are much more uh, technical, data-oriented, not necessarily creative in the traditional, like, artistic kind of way. And there is still a lot of room for people like that as well. Like, uh, we, we pay really good money to a company who's doing conversion rate optimization for our site. And, you know, that's a lot of technical stuff. Like there is some creative side to it. Don't get me wrong. Like there's changing colors and stuff to try and see what converts better. But a lot of it is looking at the data, the statistics. Like if I make this change, does that make us more money? If not, what else can I change? What other changes can I try? And it's very procedural based. Yeah. And I hate doing work like that. I can't stand it. It's, <laughs> it's not my forte. Technical SEO uh, you know, data entry, stuff like that is, is very much against my personal personality type and what I enjoy doing. But there's still a lot of room for, you know, hiring people to do that kind of work. And, you know, companies like us, companies like Copyblogger, I'm sure, have space for individuals with those talents, you know, and we're willing to pay the money to get them to do that work. So yeah, for sure. 100%. 100%. Okay, let me transition one more time to talk a little bit more about the skill of SEO. Um, and, and we'll wrap up with this because I always like to make sure sometimes in my podcast, I just get on conversations because I, I find people fascinating. I enjoy talking about it, but I want to make sure that people leave the podcast with uh, a, a new tool in their tool belt, right? So um, let's use that same example before. <clears throat> talk to me from more of an SEO standpoint where if I and someone that lives in a city and I'm interested about building an affiliate business about like home gardening products or urban gardening products. Uh, 
how would I actually, from a practical standpoint, go about implementing that? Like just some basic guidelines. I don't want to go through like a real high level SEO um, lecture by any means, but where would I start? If, I, if I'm listening to this and I, I have an idea, how do I get started? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it really just starts with what you're aiming to do. So you want to rank on Google, potentially you want to turn that into traffic, go on Google and start researching, you know, what are the keywords that you might be interested in potentially? I mean, don't choose anything yet, but just start Googling different things, you know, get a feel for the space. Like, Mm. is there a market out there? Who is searching for these things? What are the questions they're asking? What is the actual topic? Like, is it, you know, home urban gardening? Is it, gardening in small spaces? Is it suburban gardening? Like what is the actual topic? And then dive deep into that to figure out what the questions are being asked and the different keywords you might be able to look at, but don't make any definitive choices just yet. Just kind of get a feel for the niche and see if there is actually space there. And and when I say space, don't worry about competition. There's always going to be competition no matter what space you go into, but just get a feel if there's actually people searching for that. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So then um, I do some research, you know, I pull up a Google Drive, I pull up a Google Doc and I I list some ideas that I have. Um, Let's assume that we know how to put a WordPress site together, right? So uh, when it comes to the actual content creation, writing is difficult. So how, like, where would somebody go to learn how to be a better writer? How would they practice the skill to become a better SEO so that their home gardening blog can actually start to grow? So uh, go read copy blogger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should. (laughs) Um, uh, No, but in all seriousness, yeah. Read copy blogger, read, you know, sites like backlinko sites like uh, Matthew Woodward has tons of amazing stuff on his site as well. I don't know. Um, Oh, really? No. That's, that's surprising to me. He's uh, uh, in the UK and he's one of the top SEO guys I've ever met. His course 90 day SEO is actually the one I'm taking right now. Nice. And um, it's teaching me a lot of the technical stuff that I didn't know about. So it's, it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, read his blog, read, you know, I'm sure Neil Patel's got tons of good stuff. Single grain has tons of good stuff. Um, just start Googling SEO. What is SEO? How to do SEO? and start getting an idea in your mind, formulating a picture of what this thing really is. Um, but as for actually getting better at writing, so there's no two ways about it, you have to write. Yeah. The only way to get better at writing is to write every single day, whether that's, you know, emails count, trying to word your emails really well. Um, uh, write blog posts, even if you don't publish them, write things. You know, I, I learned a lot about writing back when I was a teenager, I had this blog called In Bill's Mind. And it was literally just me writing my thoughts and just publishing them and no one ever read them or anything, but I was mm. just practicing writing and eventually took them all down anyway. But um, do anything you can to practice that skill of writing. And my number one tip to actually improve your writing is to, once you write something, read it out loud to yourself. And then that act is going to show you, okay, this doesn't make sense. Okay. I need some extra punctuation or this sentence is kind of a mouthful. I need to trim it down or this wording doesn't really make sense. It sounds kind of complex. And by reading it out loud and self editing, that will actually improve you really, really quickly. Just doing that one thing. Uh, And then besides that, I definitely recommend some books. Um, Bird by bird is one of my all time favorite books on writing. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. If you haven't 
uh, heard of it before. I haven't. Yeah, I think I think it's Bird by Bird. Let me just let me double check on that really quick. Yeah, nothing worse, right? Yeah, yeah. Bird by Bird by Anne. I think it's Lamo, L M L A M O T T. Um, but it's a fantastic book on writing, and there's all kinds of different books out there that are really really good. But that's one I recommend. That's great. I, I I'll put that on my newsletter too. In my weekly newsletter, I always recommend a book. Um, so uh, I will do that. Well, Bill, awesome. I mean. You've really answered all my questions. Thank you so much for, for going down the rabbit hole with me. Um, you know, I'm grateful that you and I could just kind of shoot at the hip and, and have a really cool conversation about what we're working on. Um, for those listening, BillWidmer.com, obviously, is that the best place to find you? How would somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to inquire more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. BillWidmer.com. I have a contact form on there. Um, you know, I'm on all the social media accounts. Uh, I don't check them too, too often, but if you want to reach me directly, email me. It's in Bill's mind. So that blog that I had before nice. uh, at gmail.com and uh, you can email me there. Also check out the wandering RV. You know, it's, it's one of our biggest passion projects that's turned into a really strong business for us. And uh, if you don't mind, check out play and ground too. That's our new one about board games and coffee. I'm really having a lot of fun with that one. So, and if you like Dungeons and Dragons, we talk about that on there too. <laughs> nice. I love it, man. Um, I will link all of that up in the show notes. Uh, for anybody listening, that'll be timstodscom slash bill-widmer. And Bill, once again, man, thank you so much for your time. I had a really great time talking to you and, and let's do this again. Yeah, definitely, Tim. Thanks for having me on. All right, brother.